This episode of the Italian Wine Podcast is brought to you by the new book, Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories. Researchers Attilio Scienza and Serena Mazio explore the origin and ancestry of European grape varieties in a tale of migration, conquest, exploration, and cross-cultural exchange. Hardback available on Amazon in Europe, Kindle version available worldwide. Find out more at italianwinebook.com. Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Ward, and my guest today is Cristina Zigliani, Cristina's family winery. Yes. Is Berlucchi in Franciacorta. Exactly. Oh, good pronunciation. Thank you very much. It's all downhill from here, my <laughs> Italian pronunciation. That's as good as it gets. So, Franciacorta is the sort of number one, um, Italy's qualitatively most important traditional method of sparkling wine. Yes. Tell me about the wine and your company's business with that wine. Why has it been such a success and what's the history? Well, uh, first of all, we should say that Franciacorta is quite a young territory, talking about uh, traditional fermentation or bottle fermentation of sparkling wine. As it was born, uh, the first bottle was produced uh, in 1961. So it's quite recent. Quite recent. Uh, it was a marvelous harvest, although the vineyards were very little. And in fact, the production that year was only totally 3,000 bottles. In Franciacorta. In Franciacorta. But the reason was that not many wineries were there, actually only one, and that's Berlucchi, because uh, my father, Franco, and uh, Mr. Guido Berlucchi were just met, and uh, my father had this dream to uh, start the production of what he was considering to be the best uh, wine uh, he could ever produce as a winemaker. He was quite young, 27. And uh, so he started the pro- to use the grape that was uh, available in that moment. It was Pinot Blanc. And um, so they started just as an adventure, we we could call it a startup uh, 60s uh, in the 60s. So that was 1961. Do any bottles remain from the original 61 vintage? Actually, only two. And where are they hidden? One is hidden in a place I can't tell you. Okay, if you tell <laughs> me, you have it, to kill me. Okay. Yes, but the other one is uh, kept uh, in a cellar, our historical cellar underground, uh, of course, closed uh, behind a gate. Okay, with because, a lock. Yes. And, and, and armed guards. Well, not armed guards. But Tigers, uh, lions. That's me. Okay. I'm guarding. <laughs> so what makes, um, which region is Franciacorta in and what makes it so well suited to sparkling traditional methods wines? Yes, well, the reason why Franciacorta has become so important and uh, well-known as a high-quality sparkling wine in Italy is because uh, of uh, 
Uh, I know it's with all the winers talk about quality and passion. We just heard in a lot of uh, speeches, but really it was something that was uh, something to do with the climate because uh, we have a mild climate thanks to the mountains and thanks to the lake. The territory, the land, is uh, on the southern border of a very small lake. So during winter time, we have mild winter, and during summertime, we have not so cold winter. So this climate gives us the opportunity to uh, use very little quantity of sugar and uh, having a very smooth and uh, old-aged, not dosage products. Low dosage. Low dosage. What's the name of the lake, sorry? You you mentioned the lake. Lago Diseo. Oh, Iseo Lake. Yeah, it's become quite famous thanks to a land artist, Cristo, who built a floating pier on the lake in 2016. So we got a lot of uh, exposure thanks to this. Uh, uh, yeah. Is it um, the pier used for the restaurants there, or is it just people to walk as if they're sort of walking through on, on the lake, or what is it? Not now, because the, the performance lasts only... 15 days, 18 days. Oh, I see. So it's like uh, events on this pier that happens during a, uh, during the summertime. Yes, so exactly. So you, you can drink. So uh, we, we had something like 1,200,000 uh, tourists wow. arriving in those uh, days. But going back to the what is special about Franciacorta, so I talked about climate. The soil is very uh, special because uh, thanks to glacier time uh, is very very rich in different minerals so we can get different in such a small area we have so many different kind of minerals they are morenic hills mainly and uh, clay is very deep in the in the land and uh, the third important thing is that producers who have started to plant vineyard uh, during the uh, 60s and 70s had decided to have a very high quality product because the area is very small, so we can't compete with uh, large producers in the world. So we have the most, the strictest production rules in the world. I mean that, for example, well, first of all, we cannot pick up grape by machinery, only by hand. So it must be hand-picked. Yeah. Yes, hand-picked. We cannot watering. No irrigation. Only, no irrigation. And one of the most important things is that we have a long aging, so not less than 18 months. And that's quite a long time compared to other regions because uh, we want to get the best from the production. So what is the size in roughly in terms of the the vineyard area and, and well, annu- annual almost, production? Well, it's almost 3,000 hectares. Mm-hmm. In acres, it's about 2,000 acres. Yeah, just multiply no. by 2.4, 2.47. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. they'll work it out. These we have, you know, mathematicians. Oh, okay. this so it's about 3,000 3, acres, mainly planted with Chardonnay, 
something like, uh, I think, 75% Chardonnay, 20% uh, Pinot Noir, and 5% Pinot Blanc, but it's decreasing in quantity because uh, we want to increase Pinot Noir vineyards. So when you, I mean, Franciacorta is a traditional method of sparkling wine, so it can be white, can it be, it can be rosé, rosato? Oh yes, there's a special, uh, rosé has again a very strict uh, production uh, rule? rule, because uh, instead of having only 18 months on lease, we must go up to 24 months on lease at least, and uh, the quantity of Pinot Noir used for the cuvee, for the blending, must be at least 65%. And with maceration on the skins, skins, yes. What about food matching? Sometimes we often see sparkling wine as something that we have a glass of before we sit down to dinner or, or lunch. What about having it with food? Well, what we say about Franciacorta is that it's a wine that happens to become a sparkling wine, actually, because uh, we love to match with important food. We have a special uh, typology that is called satin, only made of Chardonnay, and that's, we can say, more suitable for aperitif, for a, you know, a glass before a meal. So, and that must also, by law, it must spend at least 24 months on the, yes. uh, on the leasing bottle before disgorging. Yes, exactly. And, uh, for example, we pair uh, during our uh, meals, uh, we love to pair a typical uh, recipe from our region that is made with beef cooked in uh, water, oil, and vegetable. That What's that dish called? Manzo all'olio. Manzo all'olio, so beef with yes. olive oil. Olive oil, exactly. And we pair with uh, rosé or a vintage. We have a five years uh, vintage uh, typology that is no dosage, that is perfect uh, with that meat. If all through the meal as well? Oh, yes. Yeah. I know it's something that everybody says about their region, their wines, but that's what we also get. It's a feedback that we get from our visitors, even from abroad, because, uh, of course, people uh, think that red wine is more suitable for certain type of uh, meat. But isn't, isn't French Equator an advantage in the sense that compared to champagne, which normally quite often isn't drunk with food, it's drunk before a meal or with a celebration, but the fact that French Equator, you still have cool nights, but you've got quite warm days, so you have a little bit more body for these sparkling wines to actually suit main courses. Yes. Yeah? Okay. I agree. And also, what about things like the dosage? How, I mean, how did, what's your approach to dosage in terms of residual sweetness? Yeah, now the dosage is decreasing year by year. Producers, uh, oh, I didn't say that the vineyards are, two-thirds of the vineyards are totally organic now. But uh, that's our goal, to become uh, the the total organic uh, area in the world. A massive com- contrast to Champagne, by the way, which is the least organic wine vineyard region on the planet by a long way. Sorry, I just had to get that off uh, my chest. 
You said that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But um, we are increasing quantity. We are increasing the production of n- no dosage. Zero dosage. Zero dosage. En, en français, c'est pas dosé. Pas dosé, yes. Actually, in Berluki, we call it nature. So it's <laughs> for me, it's easy to remember. That's got the same meaning. And uh, we think that the future of Franciacorta will be no dosage. When you say we, that's you, your company, or the region in general, or both? Well, we do in Berlucchi. My brother Arturo is very convinced about uh, this uh, vision. And I must say that being the largest uh, producer in Franciacorta, maybe we can a little bit uh, influence, influence. Uh, but many, many producers are now increasing the production of uh, no dosage. Who's buying the wine though? What's the market for the zero dosage? What's the demographic for, for this well, style? Apart from uh, Italy, that is uh, because still the 85% of the production that now is totally about uh, of about 17 million bottles produced in Franciacorta. Italy is the premium, premium market because uh, we've been, uh, we didn't have enough production to face uh, exportation until a few years ago. So we say it's Franciacorta is a hidden uh, wine to be a hidden pearl to be discovered. But for for sure, United States, maybe less Japan, even though Japan is a very important market. And, uh, but I believe that we have a big, oppo- but that's my, Christina's opinion, that I believe that Franciacorta can have a big, very big opportunity in United States with Rosé because uh, we have uh, very long uh, knowledge about uh, rosé production. We also produce no dosage rosé. So I was going to ask you, if, you, if you're targeting the American market for rosé, I was going to ask, was it, was it going to be a little bit on the sweeter side in, in terms of dosage, or would, would it be uh, uh, zero dosage? Well, actually, they are... We haven't made a, a research on that yet. It's a good question, actually. But I think there are two different targets of people because uh, zero dosage is probably the second step for people who are used to drinking more smooth, smoother uh, sparkling wine. So I think the first step is satin, that is a brute, but with... Uh, dosage but less quantity of sugar but very smooth and uh, made with a ripe uh, grape so that we can get this smooth flavor and probably the zero dosage is the second step for a much not expert for someone who wants to increase their knowledge and because i think taste is like for children you know at the beginning, when you are just born, you drink your mama milk. And then when you're adults, you love truffles. So that's a more complex. Yes, that's the word. So satin is the first step from sweet sparkling wine towards dry, bottle-fermented and aged sparkling wine. And uh, no dosage is... Uh, 
something for people who is looking to more complex wine. We'll get right back to the Italian Wine Podcast after a quick reminder that this episode is made possible by the book Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories, available on Amazon in Europe and Kindle Worldwide. How um, You mentioned the organic uh, uh, growth in organics in the Franciacord uh, region. I mean, how easy is it to be organic there? That's a very good question. In terms of no. so- soil compaction, uh, weed control, pests and diseases. Well, and what, uh, are, and, what, and what are the beneficial effects? That's about 85 questions in one. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, and actually, I'm not very good in this answer because, anyway, and it's very difficult in English too. So let's say that it's not so easy because of the climate change. We have introduced a lot of technology to help. Uh, producer to uh, control pests and diseases yes exactly so we have started about 10 years ago precision farming cultivation so we have gps and everything is uh, under control thanks to technology and we are getting deeper and deeper in this we started in berlucchi we started a new project uh, this uh, last harvest with um, local but very smart weather mapping that rain well, like soil. Well, we have weather mapping of course but that's a new thing we take pictures like thousands of pictures of the grape so that we can we hope at the end of this research we will have a prediction of any sickness that the grape can get so a sort of uh, artificial intelligence yeah well it's, uh, it's predicting isn't it predicting what exactly may, what, what is the yeah. and another important thing is that about um, six to ten producers have started to um, plant a new kind of uh, vineyard a local vineyard called Herbamat. we have uh, in Berluki we have the largest vineyard of this uh, Typology. Is it a vitigno? Uh, yes. So it's, it's a grape a local, variety. A grape yeah. variety that is uh, has a higher acidity and it can be picked up later. can be harvested later on, yeah. Harvest later. Later ripening. And um, I think I'm going to taste uh, some samples uh, produced uh, about uh, three years ago in a few days, but... That's only a So they're in bottle, on, on, on the lees in bottle at the moment? Yes. Okay, and what are your expectations for that? Well, the expectation is that uh, with this increasing in... Uh, warmer temperatures. Warmer temperature, this uh, grape can uh, give a richness in acidity because, as you know, bottle fermentation needs high acidity to last uh, long on lees. It's interesting... Um, how many not just you but however every single time I interview a producer now I, I can't think of a producer that hasn't mentioned climate change yeah and it's like uh, I don't want to name Donald Trump but I mean Donald Trump for some people that say it's not happening well, they, they all need to become they need to do like a work experience in a vineyard for a couple of months and then they'll then they'll kind of get it <laughs> um, probably yes you know it's that classic uh, city well I actually know, or, or I don't know if I'm not a scientist so I don't know if it is really a climate changing or that is the situation now when 
you have you pour with you have days with uh, a Tarantula lot of water rain, yeah. or dry period so it's more extreme conditions exactly yes okay. just want to say thanks to my guest today Cristina Zigliani from Berluki uh, traditional method sparkling wine producer from Franciacorta in Lombardy in north eastern Italy thank you thanks for coming in Listen to all of our pods on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Himalaya FM and on ItalianWinePodcast.com. Don't forget to send your tweets to at ItaWinePodcast.com.